This podcast may contain coarse language and dark humour and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Come on, boy, get up. You're gonna die in bed. That's what my papa used to yell. Ah, fuck it, you know the rest. What are you waiting for? Get up, you dickhead. You're gonna die in bed. Welcome to episode 11 of You're Going to Die in Bed, a mildly morbid Monday morning motivational podcast for creatives who struggle with their mental health. My name's Al and I've struggled with garden variety mental health issues like depression and anxiety since I was a tot. Everyone's different, but for me, mornings are often when I'm at my worst. Poor mental health aside, it seems pretty universal that Monday mornings are hard for everyone. It's my hope that this podcast can be the kick in the butt you need to get up and into your day. I aim to motivate, inspire, and simply distract you from the negative Nancy living in your head with some nonsensical nattering. So here's how it's going to go. After the intro, I'm going to talk about the idea that comparison is the thief of joy. After which, I'll share some uplifting news articles from Reddit, and finally, I talk to Wanganui local John Wall about what's getting him out of bed. Strangely enough, it involves rim jobs. But first, over to You're Gonna Die in Bed's very own Bullshit Bulletin. Hello and welcome to the Bullshit Bulletin, the most reliable source of news on this podcast. This week, scientists and civilians alike have been baffled by what appears to be a human poo floating upstream on the Whanganui River. The fecal floaty appears to have originated at the river's mouth in Castle Cliff and has steadily been travelling against the river's flow through the town and towards Whanganui East. Some speculate that the soggy defecation has become caught on the periscope of a Russian submarine sent to spy on local government. However, this cannot be confirmed at this time. A schoolgirl from Harwada is getting married to a rat this week after stepping on a crack in the pavement beside her school's playground. Her parents are outraged at the procedure, calling the tradition outdated and inappropriate, although they concede that their daughter really should have known better. And finally, a retired couple in Springvale are celebrating their 32nd anniversary. Richard Inubut and Dorothy Likesit have been married for nearly 50 years, but they say they only really started to truly appreciate one another after trying it in the back door. We were hesitant at first, says Richard, 73, but once we opened our mind, and our sphincters, we really discovered a whole new world. I do so ever like it in the butt, adds Dorothy. And that's it for now. Until next week, stay classy, Wanganui. Theodore J. Roosevelt once said, Comparison is the thief of joy. It's a quote that I often find myself repeating. One, because it's six words and I have the memory of a goldfish with a head injury. And two, in this Instagram, Facebook age where the sensationalized success of others dominates our screens, who can help but to compare oneself to a quality of life that apparently everyone else is living? I was talking to a friend the other day, a lawyer. We got on the topic of age and he made mention of how that now, in the second half of his 20s, it seems like 
everyone else has achieved so much more. Yes, a 27-year-old practicing lawyer who has passed the rigors of law school, has made the cut to be admitted to the bar and has got a position with a good firm, feels comparatively inadequate. And that's just how it is these days. For a number of reasons, I believe. Firstly, the globalization created by the internet means we've got literally billions of people to compare ourselves with. And furthermore, because of our obsession with young, successful people, that's what fills up our news feeds, meaning we're only comparing ourselves with the very top 0.0001%. The anomalies. The top of their fields. The exceptional. When exceptionalism becomes our standard, of course we're going to fall short. Even if we were hypothetically at the top of our respective fields, I feel the temptation would still be there to compare ourselves to the success of those dominating other fields or multiple fields. It's kind of like we're all running around a loop track, but there's no start or finish line, no true way to determine who's ahead of who, but all we can see is those people who appear to be ahead of us. And we believe they're ahead of us, and they believe they're behind those in front of them. And, well, you know how a loop works. Those people in front of them, they're behind us. It's one big cycle of relative comparison, and it doesn't really mean anything. Anyway, I don't know if that's the perfect analogy, but I was working hard to avoid simply saying, the grass is always greener. Oh well. A friend asked me what this week's episode was called, and I told him, comparison is the thief of joy. He responded that comparison can sometimes be helpful. Sometimes you feel like you're lacking in one way or another, but comparing yourself to people with less can be a reminder of how fortunate you are. And you know, that's probably perfectly okay, and an appropriate way to think. But... I think there's a risk that you're still training your brain to compare. And while that may be what you need in those moments, it might leach out into other situations and tempt you to make unhelpful comparisons. I believe the best way to think about yourself and your life doesn't involve comparison. I think that it's simply gratitude for what you have. Not because others don't and you do, but simply because you have good things in your life and good things should be celebrated. Forget that others have more. Forget that others have less. You'll constantly slide up and down the continuum of perceived success in your life. And if your sense of happiness comes from something relative and shifting, how can you hope to build something stable and robust? One of my mum's mantras, which I believe comes from an old hymn, and she used to say it to me often as a child, is this. Count your blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Count your blessings. Don't count other people's. Not your high school peers, siblings, parents, strangers on the internet. Their shit doesn't matter when it comes to your happiness. And if you are counting their blessings, try and learn to be grateful for them. Fuck yeah. Good for you, Becky, making bank, selling your organic vaginal yogurt. Well done, Tom. Who would have thought all those years of practicing hot cross buns on the recorder would pay off? And well done, Greg. You might have made some bad life choices, and I could easily focus on that in an attempt to bolster my own ego. But I want to celebrate the kind-hearted and genuine guy that you've grown to be. So what's it going to be? Are you going to keep fixating on the hyper-realities of people's lives projected on your Instagram feed? Are you going to tear yourself down for not having achieved everything that your parents had by your age? Life's not a race. I believe it's like a playground. Some people get to the slide first, other people the swing. Other people spend their whole lives on the flying fox. And there's that one kid who just walks around picking up old chewing gum and eating it. No one's further ahead or behind. We're all just exploring, learning, and figuring shit out in our own time. 
So stop FOMOing about what other people are doing and realize that the thing you should really fear is missing out on what's right in front of you. You have so many things to be grateful for. If you're listening to this, you're one, alive, which is a miracle, whatever your belief system, and you also have your hearing, access to the internet, and all sorts of stuff, which, compared to other people, just kidding, it doesn't matter about other people. Those are good things, and you have so many more to celebrate. So count your blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you how unnecessary comparison can be. Welcome to Uplifting News. That's right, it's Uplifting News, the part of the show where I go to reddit.com slash r slash uplifting news to read some of the more positive headlines circulating the world's media. Up top, we've got 40 tonnes of fishing nets were retrieved in a Pacific Ocean cleanup. Um, yeah, that's great. I mean, sad that they were there, great that they're gone. Uh, oh, this one is a little bit bittersweet. Um, a five-year-old wrestling fan who has a terminal illness, um, that's the the bitter, uh, recently had a replica belt, a replica title belt stolen. So those um, those big fat wrestling belts I'm imagining. Uh, the, the criminal felt remorse and returned the stolen belt along with uh, an apology and a vow to get sober. So that that's the sweet. Um, Russia to begin freeing a small group of beluga whales and orcas from whale jail in the country's far eastern coast. Uh, again, great that the whales uh, are free. Um, devastating to know that there was a whale jail. I'm very sorry to my wife, Lydia, uh, who loves whales so much, like more than you can understand. I I wouldn't be surprised if one day I just come home and the whole house is just covered in whale paraphernalia. It's, it's already getting there. Um, love you, Lydia. Uh, oh, this is cool. Um, scientists have finally found malaria's Achilles heel, a neurotoxin that isn't harmful to any living thing except the Anopheles mosquito that spreads malaria. That's incredible. All right, let's um, let's finish up. Uh, Keanu Reeves supports Rome Cinema Collective attacked by far right. That doesn't mean much to me, um, but Keanu is fucking awesome. If you don't know about how cool Keanu Reeves is, you should just just read about that guy. He's a real GC. Uplifting news. Well, hey kids, my name's Donald, the disappointment dinosaur. Today we're gonna visit the farm and see all the other animals. Here we are at the farm. Oh, it sure is mighty quiet out here. It appears that a chemical leak from the iPhone factory next door has caused all the animals to die. Well, that sure is disappointed. Alright, today on the show, I have John Wall of Off The Wall produ- Productions. No, Off off The Wall Web Development. Yeah. Um, off The Wall. It's just called Off The Wall. Stop trying to... Geekery. Off, off the wall geekery. Um, is also uh, round two glass, mm-hmm. um, in which he takes uh, recyclable, recyclable glass uh, from beer bottles, wine bottles, um, all sorts of drinking bottles, um, and turns them into beautiful drinking glasses. Yeah. So, John, what's getting you out of bed? Probably the dog. Not to go to the toilet. Yeah. Yeah, they do that. Yeah. Does it sneak up. On you on the the cold winter nights. Uh, yeah, she just kind of sits by the door and goes, eh, eh, 
and yeah, best to go let her out. And then I go, I open the door and go back to bed. Yeah. <laughs> so you get out of bed to go back to bed. Yep. Yeah. At the moment it's so cold and I've mm. never won. I don't have a lot of energy in the morning. I have autoimmune disease and um, that's always given me really long recovery times for everything. Sure. So if I have a long night, yeah, recovery is, it's always been, yeah, a lot longer than anyone else. And um, So you usually go back to bed and watch a movie or something and then get up. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Of well, someone who has a an autoimmune disease and um, yeah, struggles with their health. You do seem to do do a lot. Um, what what got you into web development? What did get me into? It was new, I think, when I was learning it, and that was about it. Yeah, I was doing a lot of graphic design and print work, and that was slowly dying. So yeah, just did an extra course and studied that and. Yeah, it seemed fun. I like I like writing code. It's pretty fun. Like hanging out in the matrix and Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah, it must take a certain type of person because I just look at code and I'm like, it's cool what it does, but the actual yeah. process looks just overwhelming and it is a weird thing stimulating to, to me. Yeah, it is a weird thing to geek out on, but I I do love it and the problem solving and how each time it's each job there'll be a problem you've never done before or had to solve before and yeah. Even when you're redoing stuff, like I'm just upgrading a lot of websites at the moment, the CMS, and each time I do it, there's a new release. So there's some things, some language has changed. And um, yeah, it's kind of fun. Awesome. So yeah, you've kind of got to constantly be uh, educating yourself and, and yeah, keeping up to speed. Yeah, being able to adapt, sure. I think, and just having a, yeah, being fluid with it. Like it's a very geeky straightforward and solid thing but yeah it is very fluid um it's always changing environments where you have stuff on is always changing um yeah like i launched a site or updated and launched site the other night wasn't working and yeah i had to change the environment i mean i'd forgotten about that but yeah just clicked that what 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 does changing the environment mean for um so i was running on a a certain version of php which is a language, um, and that's kind of running the, the platform. And, yeah, it was on an older version, which was there for a reason, but the new new version needed a, a more modern one. So, yeah, just had to click a button, really. But um, cool. I had to remember that that was something to do. <laughs> sure. Right. And um, I feel like, yeah, making drinking glasses is uh, – Quite a quite a different world to web development. How did yeah. you get into that? Um, got into it one night from um, drinking with a mate. Who how, I, how all good things start. Yeah, we've been doing it for be five years now. We hang Dr- out drinking. Yeah, every Friday night, and yeah. um, we even live in different cities now. But we still video Skype every Friday night for about five hours and get drunk. Um, yeah, he's a good dude, and. Um, yeah, but one night we were drinking and I broke my glass and realised I didn't know what to do with it. Like I couldn't recycle it because it's normal glassware has like other elements in it, like leads and plastics, and you can't separate them out in the recycling process easily. I believe they can, but it's too expensive for people who want to make lots of money. And definitely pretty sure you can't do it in New Zealand. Um, so then I was drinking out of a bottle and I was like, oh, 
can recycle this. Why don't we make a glass out of this? So went from there and then, yeah, like a week later, I was trying stuff and built a weird rig out of skateboard parts and a bit of wood. And, um, yeah, that was pretty dangerous. My mate almost killed himself with it one night by pushing too hard and well, we thought he'd cut his arteries open. And, um, so, yeah, just be careful. <laughs> That's a, got some better, a, a cautionary tale. Yeah, I've got some better tools now. Um, very simple tools, though. Like it's yeah, but it is a great um, thing to balance the computer world. Like to have actually something to do with your hands and um, get away from the goggle box. But yeah, yeah, very cool. Um, and so, yeah, from that idea, you just started like researching and, and, and experimenting, finding out ways to do it. Yeah. Like, one more safely, but, you know, yeah. more, more effectively. And Lots of research because there's millions of videos on YouTube which are quite bad. Like, I didn't really find anything very educational or like if you wanted to uh, make 200 glasses, like, it's the way people were doing it. It's like, oh my God, what? So, yeah, I had to find a good way to do it. Um, yeah, I first started with a Dremel and it was terrible. I was just going, gah, 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 and making, like, weapons, really. <laughs> Ready for a bar fight. Yeah, yeah, or well, zombie apocalypse. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so in the end I figured out actually cutting them with water was the best to score them, and I, I just boiled the jug, essentially, and used right. water. Um, and it's amazing. It just generally pops off in this reasonably clean cut. Um, and then you're just grinding with either f or files maybe to start with, and then diamond pads, and then shaping and figuring out a good um, how to do a good rim job. Um, <laughs> it's the, technical the, the grin on your face as you said that. It's, yeah. It's great. I get to use that as a technical term. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's um, something which was quite an art to it, actually, like, and I did even semi-study, like, how people drink. Like, when you use a cup, your uh, bottom lip is generally stationary and your top lip rumps in and out on the inside of the glass. So that's where you want it to feel good. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> that's where it feels good. <laughs> but, yeah, I was talking to an artist um, who made some homewares and she was just talking about the tactile aspect of it. Like, you want it to feel good and look good. Um, and, yeah, it's, so, yeah, it, there's actually some shaping involved to make it feel good in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, that's super interesting. That's definitely one of those. I mean, I understand that every product we use is designed and there's been thought put into it, but um, it's there's so many of those daily things that it's so easy to forget that someone has actually considered beyond, you know, yeah. it's not like someone just cut a coconut in half and was like, cool, this is a vessel, we're all good. Yeah, you know, yeah. People have developed it further and um, have come up with better ways. So, yeah, mouthfeel mm. mouth in a drinking glass. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do like it. It's good work. But, um, so many um, different bottles, um, mm. and I hoard a lot of bottles. Like I have a whole garage full of probably a few thousand bottles. Um, have you had to consume all the contents of those bottles? To get them? <laughs> a lot of them. But, yeah, that's a pretty easy product to get. Like, um, yeah. like I'm making stuff from people's rubbish. So, mm. um like I just I go to bars or cafes and a lot of places don't actually recycle, which is really sad. So right. I try and go there first to those places to actually keep the stuff out of the landfill because 
I don't think a bottle's ever biodegraded. Like they just yet. Like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's not a good place to put them. And um, if you can make recyclable glassware, which takes a non-recyclable object out of the picture, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's something that was new to me um, upon discovering your glasses was, you know, I was thinking, oh, this is a recycled product, as in, you know, you've taken something that was going to be waste, you've made it reusable, but um, the fact that I'd, I never realised that gen, uh, your, your everyday glassware um, that you normally have isn't recycled, mm. so it's, I think know, most it's, sort people, of a, it's a two for one, really. Yeah, I think most people know it, but they don't actually think about it, like I didn't either. Um, well, I didn't know it, so yeah. maybe I was uh, in the dark. But where did you put your broken glasses? In the rubbish? Yes. Yeah, yeah that's so I, true. I think this yeah. thing, people do know it, yeah. but they don't really, because you didn't think about I, it. Didn't know that, I knew. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think it's mm. in the same boat. It's just not something you really consider. You just automatically follow the instructions on the rubbish bag, wrap it in paper, and put it in the bin. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, like, my glassware, like, you, if it's broken, you shouldn't be putting it in a recycle bin either because it's broken, but... There's no curbside recycling here anyway, and yeah. I prefer to go to the recycling depots anyway. Sure, I I'm learning to enjoy it, but I'm still just annoyed as recycling piles up outside. Yeah, yeah. Our front door. I'm like, why can't someone just come and take this and away having, well, every fortnight instead yeah. of me having to make a special trip? Well, but it is cool there. And having to sort it here. Yeah, the, sorting is the is the real pain. But it's like a whatever. It's me. Yeah. It's, well, it's better. Yeah, it's better than burying yeah. it in your backyard or just well, yeah, throwing it into a landfill. It's like someone must have had to do that at some point, even when we had curbside recycling. And I think in that instance, probably more just went in the rubbish. Like they just say, yeah, sure. it's too too time-consuming to look through it all. And that's a bit dirty. Yeah. yeah. But I do like the glasses. I've been able to um, give a guy here a bit of work. Oh, cool. Um which is what I really wanted to do with it originally as well. Um, yeah, yeah. That, and, that's um, awesome. I'd like to ramp it up a bit more for him as well. But, yeah, I give him um, 40% of any sales I get, which is quite a lot, but I feel it's quite worthy. Yeah. I still cool. cut them all. Um, and he's even you know, kind of thought about I'd like to wanted to work on the finish um, and give it a, a better polish, and he's come up with a technique with using pumice. Oh, Which is awesome. Cool. So they look really beautiful. And um, yeah, no, it's been great. I'd like to. There's a lot of people around wanting work. I'd yeah. like to ramp it up. And totally. Just need to get some more. Because um, I've got a few cafes and restaurants on the go. And right. yeah, that's kind of the best place for it because they generally order a lot. And depending on where they are, like I have one restaurant I supply in Newtown and Wellington. and they get stolen so much from there. Oh, really? Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, compared to the other places, which they, they don't much at all, but it's just Newtown. Right. <laughs> well, and from working in hospital, I know that um, drinking glasses get broken a lot. Yeah. Or maybe yeah. it's just been places I've worked because I'm pretty good at breaking glasses. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> other, other people um, and customers and whatnot. So, yeah, it's not like they'll just do that one initial order that I'll probably keep topping up mm. from time uh, to time. They would have bought. Oh, man. 20 dozen, possibly. Yeah, right. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And I've got a Sky City restaurant on the go, and um, which I thought was, thought, oh, you're too flash. But um, they look beautiful there. Like, yeah. Yeah, they're very 
can look very beautiful. Devices. Totally. Well, that's that's what I like about them um, is that they do look like a, a really high end product. Mm. I mean, they are. You've put the put the effort into them, mm. but they are made from something. Yeah. That's so readily available, and yeah, it's otherwise um, kind of a waste. Beautiful rim jobs. Right. Yeah, beautiful rim jobs. <laughs> well, uh, that <laughs> sounds like a great great point to leave it. Um, cool, man. Well, uh, thank you very much, Mr. Jonathan Wall. Yeah, you're welcome. Of Off the Wall and Round Two Glasses. And the Dog House. And the Dog House. House of Dogs. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's been really cool to hear a bit more about what you're doing, what's getting you out of bed. Um, yeah, it's always inspiring to meet people and talk to people who are spending their days doing stuff they enjoy doing and, um, yeah, brings meaning to their lives. So, thank well you. done. Thank you, Al. You're such a lovely man. And that's it for episode 11. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, be sure to like, subscribe, review, all that nonsense. Um, but most of all, have a fantastic day. It could be a really good one. Make good choices.
spit it out.